stories, conversations, and situations that lead up to the sermons preached here at First Lutheran Church. This is Pastor Brian. And this is Pastor Perry, and uh, I'm going to read the text for today, and it comes from Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 23. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews... Do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you, hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold on to human tradition. Then he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of a father and mother must surely die. But you say that if anyone tells their father or mother, whatever support you might have had from me is Corban, that is an offering to God, then you no longer permit doing anything for a father or a mother, thus making void the word of God through your tradition that you have handed on. And you do many things like this. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside of a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, Then do you also fail to understand? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile? since it enters not the heart but the stomach, and goes out into the sewer. Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, It is what comes out of a person that defiles, for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, arvice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, All these things come from within, and they defile a person. All right, now, Pastor Perry, I just got back from this revival, and I had this mountaintop experience, and I want to give my heart to Jesus. What do you think about that? (laughs) Well, that's great, Brian. (laughs) So I would say, I guess, okay, what, you're, okay. what you're going to give to Jesus then is all that defiles you and yes. that makes you evil. <laughs> and so you would be giving him your sin and those evil intentions that you have. Now, wait a minute. So you're, you're saying that there's sin and some not so great things in my heart. 
Well, I've had enough conversations with you to know that that's true. <laughs> okay. And likewise, you with me. <laughs> yeah, I, it's um, there. There's a book by a guy named Bo Geertz who's telling this story about a young pastor, and uh, he's really he's had this mountaintop experience and wants to give his heart to God. And the the older pastor, a mentor, says to him, "Now, now, why would you want to give that old rusty can to God?" You know, and yeah. really kind of getting at what Jesus is saying here. We we have all this, um, like, oh, my heart is is such a wonderful thing, and I'm gonna open it up and and give it over to Jesus. You know, and it's this understanding of who's giving what to who, mm-hmm. um, and that there's it's kind of difficult to walk through this text because as we look at it, it on the surface. It's a little bit confusing. Well, we still wash hands today. If we buy something from the market, we still wash it because we know who knows what it's been treated with. So what's Jesus' big problem? Why is he such a grump? You know, uh, this is, again, offers one of my favorite sayings from Jesus. Uh, Jesus drops the F-bomb. He uses the F-word. He says, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. So the question here is, What's the big problem? Because the things that the Pharisees are talking about are not an unusual question to ask. Why Why do your disciples, why are they not washing their hands? Um, why are they not following the tradition? So what are they up to that Jesus sees as the problem here? Or what what are they going about in the wrong way that causes Jesus to say, you have a fine way of, I'm just going to say, bending things here mm-hmm. uh, for your own purpose? I guess the way that I would look at it is that they are washing their hands, they're washing the food, they're washing the cups and the kettles and the vases or vessels, not to sanitize them in terms of uh, bacteria or um, grossness, um, but they are sanitizing them religiously and saying that this is going to make this cup holy or these hands holy in the sight of God and so I'm doing this outward act that is going to make my inside my heart clean and worthy before God and Jesus is saying it doesn't make any difference in terms of your heart in terms of your heart and and for me I I, I as I was reading it I'm just about ready to to break out laughing because because that's me, you know, it's like I try to make sure that I wash my hands before I eat and and I wash my food and and I drive Ann crazy by washing the or rinsing <laughs> out my glass or in my plate before I eat it, be, eat off of it, because, you know, some dust might have landed on it. <laughs> While it was in the cupboard. Sure. While it was sure. in the cupboard, you know, and so why are we washing these again? Well, there might be something contaminated on there, but I'm not doing it religiously or for religious or holy reasons. I'm just doing it because I'm OCD, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and Jesus is making a distinction here with that, uh, not to put down sanitation. I mean, and even when we get to the end, clearly there's things you can put in your body that are poisonous and will kill you. So there's something more going on here that he's trying to describe to his disciples. And this middle section helps to lift that up 
when he says, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. Uh, so he's saying that you're using the rules in a way in which it gives you, in which you think you have an advantage over others, or you're using the rules at the expense of excluding others. And the example he uses uh, is this word Corbin here, which is a set-aside offering to God. And so he's saying, God's commandment says, take care of your mother and father, but you know that there's this rule about things that set are, are set aside as an offering to God can't be used for something else. So mom and dad come to you saying, we're in a situation where we really need some help and we we see that you might be able to help us out. And then you turn around and say, well, I really don't want to help them. So instead, I guess, I guess I'm giving an offering to God. You know, it's like saying, I guess that's that money is tied up and it turns out what you thought I had, I don't have anymore. And so to use the rules at the expense of others. And we go back to, this is where it kind of helps to go back into the Old Testament and the law that's given the Ten Commandments that Jesus succinctly tells us, love God, love your neighbor. That's what these rules are about. And here we have a example of the Pharisees and the scribes using those laws to their personal advantage. I'm going to use these laws so that I can exclude others. I'm going to use these laws for my personal benefit so that I can cut others out. And that's what Jesus is saying. <laughs> Again, this is what I mean when he uses the F word. You have a fine way of rejecting God's commandments in order to keep your traditions, in order to preserve yourself and exclude others. Right. What What struck me there was... Uh as you're talking about that, thinking about the story of the Good Samaritan. And you've got two of the guys on the way to church, essentially, and they see what might be a dead person. So, oh, you know, I can't go touch them or look at this person because uh, they might be dead. And if they're dead, then I can't go to church, and that would be a bad thing. So they walk on by, not wanting to or willing to get into um a situation where they're helping somebody or risking uh, risking their lives or their, their well-being. We'll use these rules to help me out. And we've got another great example, too, with the, this is where it, it actually helps. I should have brought in the reading from the Psalms this week, but it's Psalm 51, which is King David repenting before God. So it's uh, King David has been looking out on the rooftops. He's seen Bathsheba, somebody else's wife, and he uses the rules to his personal advantage, not to look out for his neighbor or his neighbor's wife, but he's coveting what belongs to, uh, if you want to look at marriages in that sense of possession, uh, he's coveting what belongs to someone else and using the laws to bring her into his own home, to send the husband off to war uh, so that he will die. And then when he's caught by the prophet Nathan, this Psalm 51 is his response to God, and really matches up beautifully with the, the closing of this, as Jesus is saying, what comes out of our hearts, that's the source of, that's where evil intentions come from, So, and you see that play out in King David. So it's not a giving of our heart to God, but it's God who does the giving here, and David uh, cries out in Psalm 51. You know, some of you might be familiar with this, as it was part of 
an old liturgy once upon a time, which uh, perhaps we'll hear in the worship service this weekend, but David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. And so he's asking God, I know, (laughs) uh, here the prophet Nathan has laid out everything I've done, and I know I am the source of the problem here, and I cannot fix this, but God, I know you can. Will you give to me a heart, a new heart, a clean heart that's after you? So uh, very powerful turn there and, and fits in so well with what Jesus is saying here. So a couple questions I, I want to pull in with this. Um, we, we're looking at this particular example here of how people have used rules that are in place, not necessarily with the intent that they were given. So if we're looking at rules as, particularly rules that we have in Scripture or laws, as a means to help us to serve our neighbors and set good boundaries to live in a good relationship with our neighbors, how have you seen in our culture, in our present day, how people have twisted rules for their personal gain. Can you think of examples of that in our community or in our culture where a rule or a law was uh, twisted so it wasn't really for helping, but instead someone was using it for their personal gain? I just think about there was uh, a law or a bill, it's not law, bill introduced into the Iowa legislature that essentially strips from transgendered people any any rights of protection under the law. So you can discriminate all you want against a person who identifies as transgendered. In our present time, the the ancient Israelites had a long list of things that you could do that defiled a person, such as, for instance, being in the presence of the deceased, a dead body, would make you unclean, and you had to go through a ritual to become clean again. Uh, We don't think about that in the same way today, but what are some things that you can think of that culturally make a person unclean, or are there things that you can do that set you aside as a outsider or I don't want to be associated with that particular person? What makes a person unclean or makes them undesirable to be around because you don't want to get dirty or be associated with with that kind of person? What makes a person unclean today? There will be some that will maybe say, well, race, Um, ethnic tradition, your uh, sexual orientation, the list goes on and on as to how we discriminate today. So discriminate might be the word instead of defile. And yeah. but but it comes down to that defiling. It's helpful to have Jesus' interpretation of it put back into it. Then it's uh, not anything that we can detect from the outside, but it's what comes from the heart on the inside, which is. Uh, everybody's got one of those if you're alive, you know, so, (laughs) you know, we talk a lot of times about, especially thinking with kids and not wanting to expose them to one thing or another because they'll get ideas or if they listen to that kind of music or read those kind of books or watch those kind of movies, that's going to corrupt them. Um, 
I, I'd had it told to me once upon a time and it made good sense to me, I guess, speaking of my personal interest in books and music and movies that it wasn't that, uh, watching or or consuming experiencing those things caused my heart to become what it was but instead that something about that music those movies those books resonates with something that is already there it's appealing because there's a parallel to something that is already going on in my heart which uh, is disturbing but very much lines up with what Jesus is saying here. It's not that these things going into you is going to transform you and change you, but that they connect with something that's already going on in the heart. That doesn't mean, and now here's a good idea, go and consume, so on and so so forth more. I mean, those sort of things can become like addiction. Like, you know, this is not a good thing, so <laughs> don't, don't go and, and partake in more of it. But... Um, to say that those things are not the source, that it's speaking to something already present in the heart, which brings us back around to the need for God to speak into this. God is the only one who can do something about this heart. You can't wash your hands enough to get clean of what's in your heart, or you, you can't do enough traditions, whatever they might be, to make up, overcome, change what's in your heart. That's a function that God alone can do. 